Representative Liz Olson here. And Representative Jamie Long. And we are lucky to have the author of House Files 5, Representative Chair, actually, Lori Halverson, with us today. So welcome to the Minnesota Values Podcast. Thank you for inviting me. So we start off every podcast learning a little bit about you and your district. So tell us a little bit about the place you call home. Well, Egan, Minnesota is is our home, and we love Egan. A um, few facts about my community that I'm very proud of. One, we're well known for um, our employers, both large and small. We're home to Thomson Reuters, the international headquarters of Thomson Reuters, and home to a number of small businesses as well. And a lot of people think suburbs are bedroom communities. The population of Egan actually rises during the workday with the number of people coming into our community to work. So I think that's really important. It's also a great place to recreate. Uh, Egan is very well known for its parks and trail system. We're home to Lebanon Hills Regional Park, the largest park in Dakota County, and uh, home to um, many miles of trails throughout Egan. Sounds like I got an Egan visit coming up real soon. I was thinking the same thing, Jamie. <laughs> Left a carpool. <laughs> so getting to the bill, this is really exciting because uh, Jamie and I are just fresh off actually hearing House File 5 last week. I've heard it twice actually in the last few days. And so this is a bill that was in our top 10 list that seemed like a very obvious choice for us to have a bill when we talk about the Minnesota values of caring for one another, caring for our elderly, caring for families. Kind of this really hits hits that scope. And so we're excited to have you here and be talking about it. So could you tell us a little bit about House File 5. Sure. Well, House File 5 is our uh, paid family and medical leave bill. It's uh, a new policy for the state of Minnesota, one that five other states have adopted and over a dozen states are currently considering around this, these uh, United States. Interestingly enough, the United States and Papua New Guinea are the two countries in the entire world that do not have a paid family leave policy. So we are far behind as a country in terms of offering this type of policy. What the bill does does is it creates a type of insurance fund based uh, on our very successful unemployment insurance um, system in the state of Minnesota. And uh, uh, it's funded through premiums paid for by employers and employees and creates a fund that folks can tap into when they need time off to care for a new baby. If they're put on bed rest uh, due to a high-risk pregnancy or if they have an injury to themselves uh, or an illness to themselves uh, or if they need to care for a family member with an illness or an injury. All of those things happen um, right now for employees in Minnesota. About 400 Minnesotans, 400,000 Minnesotans take some type of unpaid leave throughout the year and leave about $383 million of wages on the table. And most people I know, I don't know about you guys, but most people I know can't go a week or two without a paycheck. Um, This provides some really important financial security for people who are taking leave. So for the Minnesotans who have these circumstances now, right, a birth or a family member they need to take care of, you mentioned some have the option to take unpaid leave. How many actually have the ability to take paid leave? About 14% of people are covered by some type of paid leave program, and that is generally in people who are employed by large employers who have had the economy of scale to create these types of programs. And the reason they create them, um, it's not just because uh, they're nice and good to their employees, it's because there's a real real 
economic benefit to employers that makes them very competitive in a very tight labor market. And we hear from small employers who we want to be able to offer this kind of benefit to compete for employees. And it'll make Minnesota very competitive across the country in terms of where people want to work. And this bill has components that impact a whole host of things we do and think about in the legislature. And as I've seen it now in two very different stops, state government finance and health and human services. So can you talk a little bit about the impacts having this benefit would have on workforce, on just health and wellness of our state? Kind of how how will this impact our, our state as a whole? Well, you bring up a really good point that it really seems to touch all parts of policy and, and government in our state. And that's why we've had so many committee stops. We're on track to, to be heard in 10 committees, which I think is a record. It's a modern day record, at least, <laughs> since I've been here. But it's because the expanse of the bill, the bill touches so many um, people and so many systems. To me, some of the most compelling testimony we've heard have been the impact on health and human services finance. And we look at the big issues that we're being asked to solve just this legislative session. How do we care for our elders? How do we make sure that um, children have the best uh, start to life? How do we make sure child care is affordable and accessible to families? How do we make sure that uh, the cost of health care goes down, that people are um, needing to rely for long terms on, on public programs? And all of those things are impacted by this particular bill. Paid family leave goes into place in a community, and what we see is uh, rates of public program utilization decline, rates of long-term hospitalization, nursing home care decline. We get much better birth outcomes for new moms, much uh, higher rates of breastfeeding uh, among new moms who are able to take leave, and uh, really great uh, bonding outcomes and, and brain development outcomes for new babies. It's a big deal. It really has a big impact on, on our health. And it makes sense. Any of us who have had a new baby know the impact that it has on our lives and our well-beings to take care of a new little one at home. Absolutely. And I know we have our own personal stories and we've heard a lot of stories in Minnesotans. Carrying a bill that has this many components and is doing what we need to do, um, you've been so thoughtful in how you've been working on this bill. There's a quote that I remember you sharing. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about here, but because this is so big and it's such a heavy lift, I think you hit this on the head. Could you share a little bit about just kind of what you've had to do and how you've had to bring people to the table and why this is hard but so necessary? Well, that's that's a great question. It's a great memory. That was actually part of the discussion in our first committee stop in the Labor Committee. But um, and, and I paraphrased President Kennedy with his, his, his moonshot speech where he said, um, we don't do the things because they are easy. We do them because they are hard. And this is one of those bills. Um, so I have worked very hard with stakeholders, uh, met frequently with um, everybody from AARP to um, the faith community to the business community and others and made multiple changes to this bill to make sure that it works for Minnesotans and it works for Minnesota employers. And and what we have is a product that is, is really good. But more importantly, as I'm talking to stakeholders and people are sharing their stories about what paid family leave would have meant to them in their particular situations, the necessity of it um, to me grows every day. It's it, it touches lives in, in so many ways that um, once this bill um, is passed and, and put into law, we're going to see tremendous benefits, both for families um, and individuals, but for our employers as well. And you mentioned some of the stories that we've heard. The 
we heard a couple in committee that were powerful, I felt. What, along the way, uh, what's come, some of the stories that have stuck out to you? Um, well, without a doubt, um, there was a woman who came to testify in one of our early committee stops who is a 35-year-old mother of two whose husband was diagnosed with glioblastoma. And we know um, because of uh, Senator John McCain's experience um, how devastating that cancer diagnosis is. And she's caring for a husband uh, with a brain tumor um, at the same time raising two small children and not able to take time off work for little things like appointments, but just to have time with her husband who she's going to lose. And to face that at 35 and to prepare your children for that at 35, there's nothing she wouldn't give for time. And we have the ability to offer that. Wow. I mean, that's exactly why we're doing this. So when you go around and you talk about this bill and, you know, this, I think, resonates with all of us for a variety of reasons. I mean, what are you hearing from Minnesotans? What do Minnesotans think about the work you're doing on this and this type of legislation? Well, polling shows that across the board, uh, this uh, type of policy has incredibly high support and it cuts across party lines. And this isn't really a partisan issue, nor should it be. Um, you know, life happens to everybody, and it doesn't just happen to you because of one you're part of one political party. And so um, the public really does support this. And there's a lot of concern, I think, anytime you'd make a big change, it's a little scary. We're putting a new program into place, and we're going to build a new system in the state of Minnesota, and um, employers are going to... Um, be offering a new benefit it's a big change and it's taking a lot of people to come to the table but once people um, have a conversation about the bill they understand what the bill does and they understand that by sharing a little bit of risk through these um, very low premiums we uh, have the the benefits that are multiplied far beyond just the individual and it seems like for you mentioned that it's just us in papua new guinea that are the outliers here uh, I would suspect that all those other countries that got this taken care of uh, haven't moved back and said, you know, oh, we offered a benefit that, uh, that you know, people really want and that's keeping people healthy and that's helping them take care of their families. And now we're going to, you know, get rid of it because uh, because it's too, too, you know, too costly or too hard. Right. Um, I would imagine that if we look around the world, we see some really good outcomes from this. We see great outcomes, and that's actually one of the benefits of being late to the party is there's such good data out there that um, we know how to implement these programs. We have companies that are headquartered right here in Minnesota that are providing these kind of benefits around the world to other employees that, you know, they're um, already engaged in these types of programs and understand the benefits of them. And so I think that that's uh, something to uh, be very mindful of, that, that these are successful. The state of Minnesota actually uh, instituted a uh, paid um, family leave program um, a few years ago, and they said as an employer they would never go back. It's made them much more competitive, and uh, the benefits have had a, a big impact in terms of them being able to retain employees and employee satisfaction as well. This is a lot, and I'm so glad we're doing this. And so what is, what's coming up next? I mean, what are you anticipating now What's the path for this bill to continue moving? And even what are you thinking about with the Senate? I know that when we started session, we actually had, you know, we've heard the governor be loud and clear on this. We heard a little bit from uh, the leader in the Senate, Paul Gazelka, that there was actually 
some, you know, before we really got rolling in session that he would entertain it. But I'm imagining um, you're carrying a lot of the water right now. And so what do you see in the, the weeks ahead of this? Well, the first thing I, I want everyone to know is what a great partner um, the governor and the governor's office have been um, with regard to this bill. Um, I've been, worked very directly with the governor's um, staff, with the lieutenant governor, with um, the members of the um, governor's cabinet, the commissioner of health, the commissioner of the De Department of Economic uh, Development, the commissioner of uh, labor and industry. Um, everybody at the executive branch is very involved in making sure that we have a great product and making sure this um, bill gets across the finish line. We are currently stalled in the Senate. The bill has not had a hearing. Uh, Senator Susan Kent is the chief author over there, and she's a fantastic champion. Um, yesterday, they uh, the Senate held a hearing um, on banned bills, they called it, and House File uh, 5, their, the Senate companion, was actually part of that. And the Senate heard real compelling testimony from people who need this. And uh, Senator Kent is a great champion. And so I hope that we can find a path. I hope we can um, find a way to get this passed because the more we hear from Minnesotans, the more we hear the need is now. That seems pretty compelling to me. I'm in. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your hard work on this and for 10 committee stops for our listeners is, is no small feat. That's, I think our hearing on it was two and a half hours in state government finance, uh, something like that. And it's, uh, uh, so every single one of those stops is a lot of your time and a lot of your effort, but, uh, this matters to so many Minnesotans. So thank you for all you're doing. Thank you very much. So Lori, I think we're at the point where we're wrapping up. So for our listeners that tune in every week, they know what's coming. It is the fun fact about Representative Lori Halverson. <laughs> well, here is, here's the fun fact I will offer about me. I am the fourth generation in my family to serve um, at a st in a state elected office. Uh, my uh, uncle served in the Minnesota House of Representatives. My grandfather served in the Minnesota House and the Minnesota Senate. And my grandpa's uncle served in the Wisconsin State Assembly and did spend one term as the Speaker of the Assembly. So... We go back a ways. So I'm, I'm currently training the fifth generation. That's a pretty good streak. Yeah. Does, does uh, your son know what, uh, what job he wants yet? <laughs> well, he did spend three days of his spring break here with me at the Capitol. So he's pretty engaged. So, so he's, got, he's got his eyes on, uh, set on the legislature, huh? He's hoping. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for being here with us and for doing the awesome work on the paid family leave bill. This is something Minnesotans really need, and I'm glad to see you working on it. So thank you. And for our listeners, tune in next week for another edition of the Minnesota Values Podcast.